We're going to be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 this morning. You can turn there, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I wonder, have you ever found yourself in need of encouragement? Have you ever found yourself finding overwhelmed or discouraged, anxious, or just plain worn out with the day-to-day life that surrounds you? Uh, Probably all of us, if we're honest, have been there. Have you ever experienced what it's like to long for acceptance, love, and affirmation? I think we've all, at some point, and maybe even today, have had that longing for just those things. You know that in the world today, as of this October, there are over 4.5 billion active users of social media. 4.5 billion active users of social media, and there's a world population of just over 7.8 billion people. Process that for just a moment. 4.5 billion, almost 60% of the entirety of the world's population is active on social media in some capacity. And that includes everyone. Underdeveloped countries, third world countries, tribal peoples, people who don't have access to the things that we have access to, and yet close to 60% of the world's population is active on social media. Um, Just curious in this audience, how many of you have either a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok account online? Put your hands up if you have one of those accounts. Look around for a minute, folks. Keep your hands up. You can put them down. Process that for just a moment. Why do we have social media accounts? I don't want you to shout it out because people are going to be shouting out reasons. But here's what statistically has been found that the reason people have or so active on social media is because they're constantly looking for Likes, shares, comments, a following, followers, acceptance, recognition, popularity, and comparisons. That's why people are active on social media. You know, it can be easy in the world we find ourselves living in to grow weary, to grow discouraged, and even to grow more and more broken. As we look at what's going around in the world in which we live. And so that's why this morning as we turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I would say that this passage this morning is probably just what the doctor ordered. Given the current environment and climate we find ourselves living in today as believers. Those of you that are believers in Jesus Christ. Paul is going to offer some incredible encouragement to believers who were suffering facing physical uncertainties and whose faith was tested on a day-to-day basis. And he's going to share some verses here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that I believe would be a tremendous blessing to those that would have been the original recipients of his message and I hope will also in turn be a blessing today for you and I as those that know Christ, as followers of Jesus. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, I am in need of encouragement today, you have come to the right place because the text today is one of extreme encouragement and challenge. 
Let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 this morning. We'll be reading verses 13 to 17. You can follow along uh, at your seats there. It's also going to be on the screen behind me as we look at this great passage. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning verse 13. Paul, the apostle, is writing, and he says, "But But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us And gave us eternal comfort and hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish them in every good word and work. This is one of those encouraging passages of scripture where Paul the Apostle is going to take just a moment and remind the believer in Christ of some very important truths that sometimes in the midst of a difficult world can be easy to forget. Sometimes in the midst of a lot of difficulties, uncertainties, trials, pressures, hardships, it can be easy to lose sight of what is true of us as believers in Jesus Christ. And I believe Paul's going to provide some great reminders and some great encouragement just before giving some great challenge to these believers. And so we want to look at that this morning. You need to know this morning, as a believer in Jesus Christ, some pretty important and encouraging truths. First, you need to know, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are beloved by God. You are beloved by God. Would you say that with me? You are beloved by God. Let's let that sink in for just a moment, if we could. The word that's used here for beloved is that word agapeo, which means to love to be fond of, to love dearly. You, as a follower of Jesus Christ, are loved dearly by God, by the Almighty, by the all-knowing, all-powerful Creator God, you are dearly loved as a child of God. Isn't that absolutely magnificent? You want to talk about a source of encouragement today as a follower of Jesus Christ? You are beloved by God. Listen, I remember from a very young age, even going into school, when I was in elementary school and middle school and high school, the desire that was always present in my life to want to be liked, want to be accepted, want to be loved by people, by peers, by uh, family, by friends. It's a natural desire, isn't it, for every one of us to want acceptance, love, care, and to be be welcomed in someone's presence and someone's sight. I remember in school when we used to, and maybe you did this as well, pass out candy sticks uh, during, I think it was Christmas time, and you could pass out these peppermint sticks and write a little note to someone. And I remember always thinking, like, man, I hope that girl that I liked gets me a peppermint stick. Because that was like validation, right? It was validation. 
Uh, or when it came time for uh, like Valentine's Day or Sweetest Day, they would pass out carnations and you could buy a carnation and write a note and send it to someone. And, and you know, the guys more so like did that, but then also guys would receive them. It's kind of like, man, I hope I, I hope I get a carnation from that someone that I'm hoping wants a carnation for me too. And you're hoping it's reciprocated, right? Or the Valentine's Day cards that you would pass out and you'd have that box of Valentine's cards but there was always the one particular Valentine's card that was like really special. Like if they were all, like whatever they were, like if they were, you know, transformer ones that I would get as a kid and there was the one where Optimus Prime would be like, and you are really special. Happy Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh, she's getting that one. And you would, you would save that one, right? And then when it came time to get Valentine's cards, the one person you wanted it from, you were like, which card did they get me? And you'd read into that card as much as possible. And they might have just been thinking like, happy Valentine's Day, guy. But you're like, no, no. This one says, you're special, Valentine, right? And, and so you just thought, man, they, they accepted me there, right? We, we understand what those things are like, that desire, that longing, that want for acceptance, for love to be seen in the same way as we see someone else. And we also probably all know what it's like to not experience that. And maybe some of you are even here today and that's where you're at presently in your relationships. Maybe that's where your marriage is right now. Maybe that's where your relationship is with your siblings, with your children, with your parents. Maybe that's where your relationship is, husband with your wife and wife with your husband. Maybe that's where your relationship is with those friendships that you think you have but you're not certain of. And as we dwell on those things and as we let those things sink into our thinking in our minds, it can become so easy to grow weary and discouraged and feel, does anyone even love me at all? And maybe that's where you're at. But take Courage this morning as a child of God because you need to hear this. You are dearly loved by God. And he knows everything about you. Have you ever wondered and thought, man, if they knew really what I was like or what I thought or who I really was, they would never love me. They would never accept me. And yet God, through Christ, does. You are beloved by God as a child of God. And so even when it can become very easy to grow weary and discouraged, even when it can become very easy in the face of rejection, in the face of a lack of reciprocation in relationships, you can fall back and know and have foundation found in the love of God for you as his child. And that's a reason for encouragement today. You can walk out these doors and know that this week, no matter who you face or what you face, you are dearly loved by God as his child. I love the way John says it in 1 John 3, 1. It says, see, he says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God and that is what we are. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Have you ever uh, thought, man, like that person is lavishing their love? What's meant by that? It means they're just completely just throwing it at them, completely inundating them with, these, with this love. And it says, look at the great love that the Father has lavished on us, that we might be his children. Talk about a reason for encouragement. Paul said in Romans chapter 5, 
In Romans chapter 5, Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this, he says, At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. God, verse 8 of Romans chapter 5, demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the love that the Father has demonstrated to us. When you and I were at our most unlovable point, he loved us. That's what he has done. Now listen, some of you might be sitting there and be like, man, God could, if God knew, if God really truly knew me, there's no way he could love me. He does and he has. It's incredible to consider this. You are dearly loved by God. And as Paul's writing to these believers who were under severe persecution, and, and Paul actually thanks God for them in the first letter that he wrote to them, telling them that they are standing firm. And he's thanking them that their testimony for Christ is just completely sounding forth like a trumpet blast to everyone that would watch and see them and listen to them. That Paul said, we don't even have to say anything anymore because you're doing it. So he's talking to a group of believers that in the midst of persecution and hardship and uncertainties found themselves following Christ with great joy. And he's listening, he's telling them, listen, don't grow weary, don't discourage. That was a concern he had in the first letter. And he's telling them here, you are beloved by God. It's incredible to consider this. And today, if you're a believer in Christ, and you're here today, and you came in discouraged, you came in uh, feeling defeated, you came in feeling like I don't measure up, you came in, and maybe this morning before you came in here, you were like on social media all morning. You're like, man, I'm not that person. I don't have that. I don't look like that. I don't have the same amount of friends. They don't tell me that. Why are they telling them that and not me? They didn't even like my post. They didn't even like my picture. Do they even care about me? Listen, put all that aside because all that ultimately does not matter in comparison with the God of the universe telling you, you are loved by him. And that's what God has done. And not only has God said that, He's demonstrated that in the giving of his own son. That's what he's done. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would love to be able to proclaim to you as John did to the believer, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. For God so loved that he gave his only son. That's what God has done. You are beloved by God. Secondly, if that's not enough encouragement for you, let me throw another one at you. You're not only beloved by God, but you are also chosen by God. Look at what Paul says here. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Listen. Those three words, God chose you, should give you extreme encouragement today. Should give you extreme encouragement. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle is writing to the believers in Asia Minor. And he's writing, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. God has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He goes on to say, in love, God predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he, it says this again, lavished on us. You see, God not only has loved us in Christ and loves us as his children, but he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world to be recipients of his grace, which he also has lavished on us. You are loved by God and you are chosen by God. God saying, I want you. God saying, I choose you to be mine. That's absolutely incredible to consider this morning. I want you to think back. I want you to think back to those elementary years. Those elementary years out on the playground and everybody's about to play kickball and there's two captains and they're picking teams. Now when you think about that years, you're like, oh yeah, I used to love that. That ball used to, you're either thinking that or you're thinking like, oh no, don't bring that up because I was never picked. Like you're thinking in one of two spots. Or maybe you were like me, like where you're there and you're like, please just pick me before that guy. Pick me before him because if they pick him first, then I know where I stand. Pick me first. And there's this thought in your mind, this desire that you would be picked, that you would be selected, that you would be chosen, that someone would want you. And maybe you're here today and you're like, listen, no one wants me. No one would choose me. No one comes after me. And I have to tell you today, God in his son Christ wants you. He's chosen you. He's called you. And you belong to him. As a child of God, you have been chosen by God Almighty to belong to him. And he will keep you and sustain you and be with you always, even until the end. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, man, that sounds great. But that could never be the case for me. And I would tell you today the same thing that Paul told the Philippian jailer. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved, forgiven of your sins and have relationship with him. Loved by God, chosen by God. Isn't that a reason for encouragement today? You want to talk about a reason for encouragement? So and so rejected me. As much as I have wanted them to love me, they just will not love me the way that I love them. Can I put things in perspective for a minute? Almighty God, the God of the universe, the one true living God, dearly loves you. And he has chosen you. 
Can you imagine the encouragement for these believers in hearing this from Paul? It's incredible. If that's not enough, he goes on. Number three, you're sanctified by the Spirit. Again, verse 13, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. The word sanctified means to be holy. It, it brings with it this sense of holiness, consecration, a setting apart. It brings with it an understanding of the purification of the heart and of the mind. You are purified, you are consecrated, you are set apart as holy in the sight of God. You are being conformed to the image of Christ in his holiness by the working of the Spirit of God in your life. This shows that God not only has loved us, but he currently, presently still does love us and forever will love us. This shows us that not only have we been chosen by God, but you presently are chosen by God and forever will be chosen by God. You not only are being made holy, but you'll be continually made holy until that day where we are glorified with him, sanctified by the spirit whom he has given us. Listen, this is very crystal clear as a believer in Christ You're not, I'm not alone in our pursuit of the holiness of God. You and I are not alone as we set ourselves apart unto the Lord. We have the Spirit of God, and it's by His Spirit that we are sanctified, that we are consecrated, that we are purified. In Philippians chapter 1, 3 to 6, Paul said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen, God not only has loved and chosen you, but God will forever be faithful to you as the one that is continually making you holy. This is the work of God. And so it can become easy to grow weary, can it, or discouraged when we fail. It can be easy to become weary, to grow weary and discouraged when we think, man, if it's dependent on me, I have nothing. Praise God, it's not dependent upon you or I. But upon the strength, power, and ability that the Spirit of God brings into our lives. You are sanctified by the Spirit. So, I mean, these three are are fantastic reasons to be encouraged today. You have been loved by God. You're dearly loved of God. You've been chosen by God as his children. You have been sanctified by the Spirit. But then, number four, you will be glorified through Jesus Christ. You will be glorified through Jesus Christ. This is not all there is. This is not all that's left. I wonder how many of your homes, if we were to come into them today, have projects that were started and were never finished. I see some people looking at each other right now. A project that was started, so I'd have to go there. So we used to, don't go there. Um, projects that you start off, you're like, oh, we're getting this done. And then you start, and you're like, eh, maybe that can wait till next week. Right? And a week becomes weeks, and weeks become months, and months become, why did I let this go this long? Right? When, when you start these things. Um, we're all familiar with people, and maybe ourselves, that begin something with great intentions, but never follow through and complete the project. 
You know what this passage says that we are going to be glorified through Jesus Christ? It tells me that God will be faithful to complete the work that he has begun. God will bring to full completion the work that he has begun. And we have all the assurance, confidence in our God to know he will do exactly as he promised he will do. You and I, as we walk through this life, no matter what it is we face, have this confidence that our God, ultimately, through Christ, will bring us to eternity and completion. That's the promise of our God. That's why Paul could say in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, everybody knows the following verses, maybe they don't. We know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. God not only began the work, is completing that work, but will be faithful to the end to complete that work. That's the promise of God for you and I as believers in Christ today. We will be glorified in Jesus Christ. Verse 14, to this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to pause for a minute. I need you to look up here for just a minute. The only way that you have right relationship with God, the only way that you will be glorified in Jesus Christ is through Jesus Christ. Paul says it is through the gospel that we preach to you. There's only one true gospel or good news to believe in, and that is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, the son of God, perfect and holy, to die in your place, in my place, the death of the cross. He was crucified, buried, and rose again in great victory the third day. And if we would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, We can have forgiveness of our sins and we can have everlasting life. That's the gospel. Paul says that it is through the gospel that we preach to you that you too will be participants. You too ultimately will obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but as a believer in Jesus today, these are some pretty encouraging words to consider. That you are beloved by God chosen by him, sanctified by his spirit, and you and I as followers of Jesus will be glorified through Jesus Christ. From beginning to end, our God is faithful. From the start, everything in between and to the end, our God is faithful. I do not know what you're facing today. I don't know what weight you are carrying, what burden is on your shoulder, what acceptance or love you are desiring from someone else that they're not giving to you. But what I do know is if you fix your eyes on Christ, if you will allow yourself to be flooded with the truths of God's word and the truths that God has promised to you as his children, you cannot walk away discouraged from that there is encouragement and there is joy as we understand and process and know and believe the great love the father has lavished on us 
you are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that can never be taken from you. That's a reason for encouragement today. Well, in light of all these things, verses 15 to 17, Paul was going to give some challenges. If you look at the beginning of verse 15, he says, so then. So you're beloved by God, you're chosen by God, you're sanctified by the Spirit, you'll be glorified through Jesus Christ, so then, say that with me, so then what? Okay, what, what? So then what? Well, this is what he's going to lay out for us. So with all of those things in mind, Paul's going to close out uh, this particular uh, kind of um, encouragement and then challenge by saying these things in verses 15 to 17. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. So then, therefore, in light of all that God has said, first of all, stand firm. Stand firm. Paul's shared all of these things with these believers. He wants them to know all of these things. And he's telling them these things by way of encouragement. He's telling them in the midst of some pretty discouraging circumstances in the world they were living in, the persecution that they were enduring, some of the false teaching that people were delivering, and even some of the uncertainties that they didn't have certainties about. Paul lays out for them some very clear certainties by way of encouragement for them. And so in light of that, he says, so then stand. Stand firm. Stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Stand firm. He wants them to be immovable, unshakable. He wants them to be firmly planted, rooted, grounded. He wants them to be secure. He wants them to, to demonstrate by faith what they know to be true of their God. Doesn't it make sense? That if we say, hey, we believe these things, stand firm in your belief. Stand firm. Don't grow weary. Don't grow discouraged. Don't grow disheartened. He actually would tell these believers that they need to stand firm in what they have been taught, whether by the spoken word or by written letter. Stand firm in these things. Be reminded of these things. Sometimes we need to be reminded, don't we? Because sometimes it's very easy to forget Sometimes it's so easy to forget. How many times have you had God do something or show up in your life and answer to prayer or God's faithfulness is so crystal clear and when it happens, you gotta get on the phone, you gotta tell people, you gotta let people know what God has done and everybody rejoices and everybody celebrates and everybody says what? Man, only God, only God could do that. God can do the impossible. He can do more. That I've ever asked or imagined, only God is able to do these things. There's no one like God. All glory and praise to God. God, you are a powerful God because God does something that says, like completely miraculous, that only God could do. And then, hours later, we didn't get like our french fries in our order in the drive-thru. And it's like, man, did God even know I was hungry? Why? And maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but things that are on no way the same level of what God has just done insert doubts into our lives. And Paul reminds these believers, you're beloved by God. You've been chosen by God. You've been sanctified and are being sanctified by the spirit of the living 
God who lives within you, you will ultimately be glorified in Jesus Christ. So then, stand firm, believer. Stand firm. He also says to hold fast. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us. Hold fast. If someone is standing firm, that means that they're not shakable. They're they're unshakable in their resolve. They're standing firm. If they're holding fast to something, there's a a receiving of, but also that's going to bring with it an acting on. And he says, stand firm, hold fast, be comforted. Look what he says, be comforted. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and hope through grace comfort your hearts and establish them. So he says be comforted, stand firm, hold fast, be comforted and be active. Be active. May he establish them in every good work and word. Listen, it is one thing for you and I to come into church on Sunday and say, amen, I believe that I'm beloved by God. I believe that God has chosen me and God is sanctifying me and ultimately God will bring me to glory. I believe it. I embrace it. I believe it. I hold it. I believe all of these things, but it's an entirely different thing than through that belief and understanding to actually then live as though we believe what we say we believe. And the question today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, isn't necessarily, do you believe these things? Because if you're a believer in Christ, you do. The question is, so what does that mean for your life today? How has the understanding and knowledge today that you are beloved, chosen, sanctified, and will be glorified, how, does those, how do those encouragements then impact your and my day-to-day living for Christ? And isn't this what James challenged the believer to be doers of the word and not hearers only? You and I as believers in Christ have these incredible encouragements in Christ, not just so that we can stand idly by and bask in the love that God has for us. These are to serve as a source of joy, a source of encouragement a source of confidence and boldness for you and I as believers in Christ that should be about our Father's business in the midst of a world that is lost without Christ. We have an incredible, incredible message to share and all of the tools to share it. There's no reason for us to stay silent. And even when you could grow weary and discouraged as you focus on the things around you and in this world, place those discouragements up next to the encouragement that Almighty God knows, loves, has chosen, sanctifies, and will glorify you in Christ. And get moving. What an encouragement. In the midst of a society that is all about acceptance, in the midst of a culture where everyone is desiring to be loved, to be liked, to be validated, to be friended. In the midst of a society where 4.5 billion people are actively seeking social status, recognition, and validation, might we be of greater concern and take greater encouragement from the validation, acceptance, and relationship that we have with our almighty God. 
than from anyone or anything else. And then might we glorify you. I want to pray as we close. You can bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. If you're here today and you as a believer would say, man, I, I'm guilty. <laughs> I am so guilty of seeking and wanting, desiring, and allowing the acceptance and validation of man to play a bigger role in my life, even than the acceptance, validation, and relationship that I have with God. If, if you're here and say, man, I'm guilty of that, I need prayer that I would begin to see myself through the lens that Jesus does, that I would val- care more about the relationship that I have with God than I do about all of the peripheral things of this world. If you're here and you're really challenged this morning, maybe convicted this morning, I want to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand if that's you today? Yeah, good. Yeah, praise the Lord. Good. Yeah, I, I'm right with you. <laughs> I'm right with you. How often we can seek those things. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not even sure what that's all about, maybe you've never trusted Christ, you, you need to understand and know that the word of God tells us The word of God tells us that the wages of sin is death. There is punishment for sin. The wrath of God abides on those that do not know Jesus as Savior. But there is a way of escape through God's Son, Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, when I'm through praying and you're dismissed, please do not leave without coming forward. Find me out up front And I or another will share with you the gospel of Jesus again and how you can have relationship with Christ even today before you leave. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we have in you. God, we are just absolutely amazed and humbled that you love us. You've chosen us. You are sanctifying us and ultimately Through Christ, we will be glorified. All of this, we praise you and ask these things for your glory that we might serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.